0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, December 23rd, 2019, edition of Invest Talk. Hope everyone has done all of their holiday shopping, Uh, I know I haven't, (laughs) so I'm going to be working on that later today and tomorrow, but I hope you all did, and as usual, we have a lot of balls in the air when it comes to the market, uh, the economy, the central bank action, right, there's a lot to digest in today's world, and we also have a new decade upon us here in a little over a week, we are entering the 2020s, I guess is the simple way to put it, and maybe you have a new year resolution, new decade resolution for your investment portfolio, maybe you want to get it in shape, get your financial life in shape, and that's what we are here to help you do each and every day, we want to move you along the path of financial freedom. I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me today. I hope you will call me with your questions, whatever that is, finance or money related. I want to hear from you, I want to know what is on your mind. And when and if you do make that call, you can shape this show to your particular advantage. And we operate and Invest Talk each and every day with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, just like we do at KPP Financial. Now in this hour, I'm gonna do my best to answer your questions and all caller questions, as well as give you some topical information and perspective on what's happening in the markets and the economies today. So I urge you to give me a call at 888 chart That's 888-992-4278. You can call live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, like we're recording right now, Or if you're listening after hours, maybe on the podcast, you can call, leave that message, and we will answer it on a future show. Now, you probably heard Steve has scheduled two consultation trips for January 24th in Dallas. He'll be in in, uh, Dallas for January 24th. That's a Friday. And then January 28th and 29th back in New York City, Tuesday and Wednesday. Getting all of our listeners' portfolios in shape for the new year and giving putting them right on the right financial plan going forward. So these in-person appointments are offered at no cost and no obligation. You can learn more and register at besttalk.com. Click on portfolio review. Now, my main talking point today concerns this opinion. There are there may be an unpleasant surprise waiting for you when you retire, and this has to do with withdrawing from your tax-deferred accounts like 401Ks, IRAs, etc. And there's some strategies that can limit your tax rates over time, or the amount of taxes you pay, and a lot of people wait until they're 70 and a half, but oftentimes that's not the best strategy, and I'm going to tell you why, so that's what we're going to talk about mainly today, but also, Durable Goods Report came in today, I'm going to break that down and show you what that looked like. Also. Banks are getting tougher on shale loans, meaning loans to fracking companies. And I'm going to tell you why and what that might mean for oil prices in the medium as well as long term. And then lastly, do negative rates work? Well, we're going to talk about that and some examples around the world, right? There are central banks in dozens of countries, only a handful of major ones and kind of intermediate ones. And negative rates have been used by some of the majors and the intermediates, and what is the end results? And we're gonna break down that study as well. So that's ultimately what we're gonna talk about today, but most importantly is what is on your mind. So 888-99-CHART, eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight 4278 is how you get through, and I urge you to ask your question sooner rather than later. Now, let's look at the market today, a very modest update Pretty strong, early, kind of faded most of the day. S&P was up 20 basis points, so so were small caps. NASDAQ was only up about 10 basis points. And it was a very, very modest green day, but it was green nonetheless. You know, Fed continues to print money, and we are kind of in that melt-up phase, it looks like. And it's pretty interesting. Gold and silver had a really, really good day. That was definitely the strongest area of the market, as well as healthcare, consumer staples. Home construction was definitely the worst because of rising interest rates. You had let me take a look at this. You had the 10 year. Even though the market was didn't do a whole lot, the 10 year was up about two basis points, which is not a small move, not a giant move, but a modest move uh, in the 10-year rate, and we are marching towards that 2% level on the 10-year, and I think we're still in that safe zone uh, where the cost of capital, cost of mortgages is not too prohibitive, too, 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 too prohibitive, too, too prohibitive, wow, I can't speak today. But if we do get kind of in that 220 to 225 range on the 10-year, I think that's when maybe the market starts to balk at maybe the lack of Fed cuts uh, and saying that QE or the repo facility is not strong enough for the market or for the economy to sustain these higher rates. So uh, definitely interesting to see where that goes. It's in an uptrend in the short term, the, talking about the 10-year t- the treasury rate, but it's still in the downtrend long term. So we're going to be uh, keeping an eye on that and then see what announcements come out of the Fed going into the new year about the repo facility. So let's go through March. How is that going to be adjusted after that will be very, very important. Now let's kick off the caller questions that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART.
2: Uh, yeah, this is Paul in Santa Cruz. I was just calling to uh, uh, comment on your uh, podcast yesterday. It was pretty awesome, spot on. Uh, I think, you know, as a regular listener, I try to be. You did a great job explaining uh, what was going on with the repo market and uh, made it quite clear. And I think it's probably one of your best broadcasts. Keep up the good work. Thanks.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for the uh, the good comments. And yeah, I, it was it was one of those shows where I just was reading a lot, and I was really just trying to distill what's happening in the market with what what you see with new highs that doesn't dovetail well with an economy that is not great, uh, a trade agreement that while takes some. Uncertainty off the table doesn't solve the, the problems that I think it meant to. Uh, I don't think you're getting a lot of buy-in from China because that's just not who they are, right? They're, they want control of their own economy and they don't want to be dictated by America. And Trump certainly didn't want iPhone prices go up 10% and he didn't want these tariffs that were supposed to be implemented on December 15th and it was kind of a false promise there. And or a false threat, shall I say. And so the trade deal, part one, really didn't clear up many issues except for kind of the short-term tariff implementation and potential rollback of other ones. And it didn't really have a lot of bite, really. And so that backdrop, along with Money printing that we just haven't seen. That's what's crazy, is the market's at new highs, you have unemployment at 3.5%, and no one's talking about the fact that the Fed is printing more money per month over the past three months that they have in the entire cycle. You know, $125 billion a month that they're printing, which is quite staggering, and it's hard to reconcile the fact that nobody's talking about it. Nobody is talking about how the Fed is conjuring money out of thin air once again and printing, printing dollars at an alarming rate, simply to monetize the debt and enable deficit spending and uh, you know the economy growing at a much faster, or sorry, much slower rate than the debt is increasing, which is obviously not a sustainable situation. So, I really wanted to try to distill all of what I'm seeing into a. I do to say clear and, and simple, but as clear and simple as I possibly can get it. And I'm glad you got something out of it. And for anyone else that didn't listen to Thursday's show, you might want to take a listen. It was, a, I think, a very good breakdown, if I don't say so myself, of what is happening in the markets and the economy today. Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday. And it's broadcast and streamed live in the 4 o'clock, four o'clock Pacific Time Hour. I hope you will tell your friends and family members about invest talk maybe around the christmas dinner table who knows and whenever you have an investment question i encourage you to contact us at the kpp financial office in irvine california or you can explore our podcast library you can search listen subscribe and rate the invest talk podcast at itunes spotify or google play and now i'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART
3: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, it's Joseph in New Albany,
2: Indiana. Just wanted to get your thoughts. I'm a long-term index investor, but i bought a couple of stocks like MPW, which is actually the REIT. I'm going to hold on to that for 20 years. And I really want to hold on to McDonald's, MCD. And I just wanted to get your thoughts because everything's really highly valued right now in the stock market. If we don't have like a big correction or a recession in the next year or two, I just want to get your thoughts on what a good entry point dollar-wise would be for McDonald's, MCD based on your fundamental or technical expertise appreciate it guys awesome podcast have a great weekend
1: all right he's looking at McDonald's corporation and this is a name that is down a little bit from its 52 week high of 200 and call it 22 dollars a share now we're at 196 so down about eleven and a half percent or so and this has had a very very strong run since the Financial crisis. You're talking from 44 all the way to that 222 number, and a lot of this has to do with all-day breakfast, and part of it certainly is a chase for yield in the uh, in the market, right? Where this yields about two and a half percent and a safe 2.5%. Right? It's McDonald's, and their cash flow is very strong. Their pay ratio is only about 60%. Even on a cash flow basis, only about 68%. So it it's dividend safe. Uh, but I think, especially with the rates rising, you're starting to get a little bit of fall out of bed with a lot of these call it bond proxies. And McDonald's would be somewhat of that, right? Kind of that hybrid of bond proxy as well as a cyclical name. So you get kind of a best of both worlds. And you've got, had that, right? Uh, but I think the uptrend has definitely broken. The technicals are very weak. And this looks like it's gonna head back down to about the 154 area is where I would be picking up McDonald's if I liked it at that level. Now that's the big question. Do you? Is it cheap enough at 154? Right now it's 196, it's enterprise value is, uh, t- enterprise value to EBITDA is 17. And long term, this doesn't typically trade that high. It typically trades more in the 10 to 12 range. So that means unless EBITDA skyrockets, which doesn't look like that's going to happen. I mean, earnings supposed to fall 1% this year, up 8% next year, which is probably rosy. Uh, I think this has much more downside to go. I'm talking 30 to 40% from here. Which would probably actually put you more at the 618 retrace on the uh, on the chart, which is back to about 112. So, I definitely would not touch it till 155, but that 112 115 area is really screaming my name as an area that I would like to pick it up at, and. That's that's where I would if I'm looking for long term. Okay, this is the spot. This is where I really want to own it. I'm not worried about too much downside from here. That's that area 115, 112, right in there. Thanks for the call. That was McDonald's MCD. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. If you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you've heard me say that it's very important to understand your risk tolerance, your speed limit, shall we say, on your portfolio. And then understand whether your portfolio is driving too fast, or maybe too slow, or maybe just right, and you're you're cruising along at the right uh, the right speed. So we want to get that risk tolerance done for you. Go to InvestTalk.com. It's free. It's a risk analysis tool.
3: Christmas will soon be here, then New Year's. Your financial freedom requires making the right decisions, and 2020 will bring new challenges. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to provide unbiased guidance on InvestTalk or through direct engagement. Keep listening and learn more anytime at InvestTalk.com.
1: 888-99-CHART, it at 4278 Let's take it through and ask your question on today's show. I urge you to call in sooner rather than later. We have about a half hour left, but it will go by quickly. So our main talking point today, however, it concerns the story that an unpleasant surprise may be waiting for you when you retire. And this story touches on tax-deferred accounts, right? 401Ks, 403Bs, IRAs, those type of accounts where you put the money in, you're not taxed on it, or it's a tax deduction, shall we say, for that particular year, and then once you take that money out years down the line, you pay taxes on it, right? You hopefully a much higher amount, right? Cuz you've grown that over time, but at least it's at least it's growing tax deferred. And you don't have to think about it right now. Most people get to, they they enjoy the benefits of the tax break now, uh, but what that does is just defer their tax liability, if you're talking about accounting terms, till much, much later. Now, the normal playbook is to postpone these taxes for as long as possible, but this can create problems, right? And there's some, there's one way. To handle this, and that's simply to wait until you're 70 and a half and you have your required minimum distributions. Then the government's going to tell you how to distribute that money over time, right? But there are many instances where it makes sense to withdraw that money earlier than when you're 70 and a half, and that is to lock in a lower tax rate because the amount of money that goes into these retirement accounts, the most important factor on what type of account you should have uh, is the tax rate you're paying. Right? And we always say with younger people, they should put money in a Roth, typically because they're in a lower tax rate. But that also applies if you're older and you're in a lower tax rate, you should either take distributions from that IRA, maybe the use, or just do a Roth conversion of some or all of that account. And what that does is it locks in that particular tax rate on that particular year. So there can be instances where maybe you lose your job, maybe you have big medical expenses that can you can write off and lower your overall income for that year to a very low rate, and therefore you need to take advantage of that by taking money out of these tax-deferred accounts or doing a Roth type of a conversion. Another instance is, or another reason to take money out a little bit earlier is because if one of your spouses, one of the spouses passes away, suddenly that can actually increase the tax rate for the surviving spouse. Why? Because now they're filing single as opposed to married, right? And so the standard deduction for someone who's married is 24400 Right for a filing jointly uh, married. Now, if you're single, it's only twelve thousand two hundred. Not only that, but the surviving spouse, if they're over the age of sixty-five, there's another thirteen hundreds for that thirteen hundred dollars a year that you uh, for the deceased spouse that you'll lose. Okay. So, assuming the same amount of income, a twenty-two percent marginal tax rate will actually increase taxes for the surviving spouse by about three thousand dollars due to lost deductions. Not only that, but when you go from married filing jointly to single, many tax brackets jump your tax rate by as much as eleven percent. If you're in the thirty nine thousand to seventy eight thousand dollar tax bracket, that will go from twenty or from twelve all the way up to twenty two and if you make a lot of money, say 160 to 200 or that'll go from 24 to 32 or if you make 204,000 to 321, that's going to go from 24 to 35. Right? So, if you take those distributions past when your spouse passes away, you're suddenly taxed at a much higher rate. So, married couples in some instances might make sense to take that money out earlier. One example, if your taxable income is around or only moderately above the $39,500 threshold this year, you might want to consider taking a doing a Roth conversion or taking a distribution to get your income up to around the $78,000 level. Same as if you make above 160,000, you might want to take that so it gets around the 320,000 level. So this is something that you want to work with your accountant. Everyone's situation is a little bit different. Your goals, the amounts in, in your accounts, your your path towards retirement, etc. All these things matter. So you want to certainly work with a professional, but don't think that your default for your withdrawals on your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, etc. Should just be your RMDs, right? Required minimum distributions. You need to think about that beforehand and understand how to limit your tax liability going forward by being smart about it. And I think anybody who has a large nest egg and an IRA, 401k, should be looking at this each year with their accountant and figuring out the best strategy going forward. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk. And obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market analysis. That's why you're listening to us. So, I encourage you to, to subscribe to our KPP Premium newsletter. It's distributed every Friday. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888.99 Chart.
3: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com.
0: Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. It's
3: another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The InvestTalk phone lines are open, so call now. Eight eight eight
2: ninety nine chart Hi, this is Cody from Texas. I was calling wondering about investment apps like Stash App or Acorn and what y'all's thoughts were on them, whether it's a good start for beginners or be better off to hire someone or go on your own and do something else. I look forward to your thoughts. Thanks.
1: All right, this is a great question, and there's a lot of those out there. There's uh, Acorn and a bunch of bunch of them. You can download on your phone and connect your bank account, etc. And I'll give you the pros and the cons. Let's start with the pros. The pros are you're able to set up automatic saving. In some way, shape, or form, and that might be a dollar a day, or ten dollars a month, or hundred dollars, whatever it is, it creates an automatic saving mechanism, and that's a good thing, and that's one of the big reasons why four hundred and one k's have been, you know, relatively successful on getting people to save for retirement. It's just simply the automatic nature of it. That's obviously easier to change those than your 401k. Typically, 401ks you have to go and make some, you know, file some paperwork to reduce your deferrals, etc. Whereas an app, you can probably do that rather quickly. But at least it gives you that mechanism. That's positive. However, on the investment side, all you're pretty much doing is indexing, right? The money is being put into indexes and. If you listen to our last Thursday's show, I might have touched on the indexing bubble, but I do think we are in one. Uh, you know, Fred money printing and, and all that it might, might, it was probably going to continue it, but all you're doing is simply riding with the crowd, which when times are good, that's fine. Uh, but I do think there will be some giant fallout from this at some point because of an overcrowding uh, of a trade, similar to the kind of the nifty 50 of the 19th 60s, that type of thing, but uh, I think on even a much larger scale. So on the investment side, I don't love just straight up indexing, especially if you're building a diversified portfolio because uh, indexing doesn't work quite as well as you get to smaller companies or into the bond market or anything like that. It typically only works the best, at least uh, for large companies. So I don't love that. And I don't think you learn a whole lot. I don't think you learn a whole lot about investing, about the market, because it's kind of doing all the work for you. And I know in today's world, we just want the easy answer. Uh, just We have so much data, and you want an algorithm to, to make our decisions. And that's kind of where we're going with a lot of things, right? It's just let the algorithm make the decision uh, and less human interaction. So I, I don't love the investment side of these these apps but I do love the automatic saving vehicle that it allows you to create Uh, and as long as you keep that intact that is probably probably outweighs it at least in the near term Uh, but as soon as you get to a decent amount you want to start you know putting that money into an IRA uh, worry about your 401k investing that a little bit smarter over time great question thanks for the call 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. We have about 20 minutes left, so get your call in sooner rather than later. Let's go to Gary in San Jose. Talking about WSO.
2: So I've owned this uh, since the beginning of the year, and I bought it in at one forty, and it's up pretty high right now. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts. has a great dividend. But I uh, just think it's way overvalued right now. What do you think?
1: All right. Looking at WSO. This is Wattsco Corporation. Distributes air conditioning, heating, and refrigeration products for the replacement of home building markets. Okay. So home builders are certainly going to be uh, a big market for, for this company. And if we have slowdown in home building, which I don't necessarily – See, unless you see mortgage rates really, really skyrocket close back to you know four and a half, five percent, but at least in the near term, I don't see that slowing down too dramatically, even though home builders had a bad day today. Uh, Technically, it's consolidating well, it's not growing that dramatically. You know, mid single digits on average, revenue growth over the past two years, earnings growth grew one percent this year, seven percent expected next year, three and a half percent dividend. Let me look at what its multiples are. Modest debt, I like that. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 18 and a half, which is rather high, about the level that it was when it sold off back uh, in 2000, early 2018. And historically, it typically trades more like uh, in the low teens, 12 to 14. So I do think it's a little overvalued, but I wouldn't sell it here simply because I like the industrials. I like the chart, it looks fine, it's consolidating nicely. I would use the 100-day moving average, it found support there back in August, as well as October, and I would, if that closes on a weekly basis, two weeks in a row below the 100-week moving average, that's when I would sell it. But for now, I would keep it, still collect that dividend, even though it's a little overvalued at these levels, I think you need to ride it. Uh, So. Just nope. kind of have a trailing stop like that on it, and I hope uh, I hope you can continue your gains because uh, it looks like you're up nicely so far. Does that make sense, Gary?
2: Yeah, sounds good. Okay, thanks. All right,
1: thanks. Thanks for the call. That was W S O Watsco Incorporated. 99 chart 888-992-4278. If you want to call in and ask your question on today's show. Let's touch on durable goods. The durable goods report came in for the month of November today, and it was the biggest decline since May, but there's some caveats to that. First, it was dragged down by major, major decline in defense aircraft. 72.7% decline year over year in November defense aircrafts, which is pretty interesting considering the fact that Trump loves to spend on defense and just loves to spend in general, so... Uh, that was a big reason, and there's a small drop from the Boeing 737 MAX uh, debacle, and that's a whole nother story. I definitely think Boeing's headed much, much lower, but if you strip out defense goods, orders were actually up about .8%, so a modest increase year over year. Total transportation equipment fell 5.9% in November, which is certainly an important factor, to the economy, and I've talked about how rail car shipments are down decently year over year. That's, uh, that's interesting uh, in and of itself. Orders for cars and parts rose about two percent, but orders for capital, core capital goods, were mainly the bright spot. Second straight monthly gain, even though the move was pretty small. So, you know, it wasn't a, a bad report by any stretch of the imagination, even though the headline number looks bad. But the business equipment investment is still stagnant, and you know until we get a reacceleration of that, then I don't see the economy really accelerating much, much higher. Uh, kind of staying around this two percent level. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and Steve and I will be enjoying the holidays with our friends and family. So we have put together two special best of shows over the next couple days, and I will return on Thursday. So. Get your calls in now. You can record those. We'll answer them then, or we can answer them live right now. So I'm ready to take your questions at 888 chart
3: This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, january 28th and 29th these are no cost and no obligation consultations learn more and register now at investtalk.com steve and justin welcome your investing questions and the phone lines are open call 888-99-CHART
1: let's go to tim in oakland Wants to talk about real estate
3: hi justin thank you for taking my call
2: so I was uh,
3: happily uh, uh, waiting um, uh, until uh, a good opportunity to um, buy a home uh, for not for investment mm-hmm. for living. Uh, but mm-hmm. then uh, you kind of scared me off on uh, Thursday about like inflation, and, and it made sense to me that uh, inflation might pick up. Um, so I'm wondering if you think it's a good idea to pull the trigger now or wait one or two years how where things are as you know like the prices of homes here go up uh, significantly and, and quickly
1: mm-hmm. yeah well i do think there's you're in you're in the oakland area correct
3: uh yeah
1: yeah so the assets or the values have been inflated a lot to do with shareholder compensation around tech companies. That's where a lot of these shareholders or these employees get paid nowadays, cash that out due to an IPO or some other liquidity event, and a lot of them put that money into uh, into real estate. Also, China, there's a lot of money from China going into the western part of the United States including the, the Bay Area. So. I think that has cooled a little bit, and that's probably one of the reasons as well that you're seeing a little bit of cooling in that market, uh, depending on what price range, etc. But I think there is some cooling in that market. But when it comes to your primary residence, I think you need to focus on a few things, and a lot of people try to time the market, and I don't think that's a smart idea if you are are buying. A lot of that has to do with your time horizon. Um, do you want to own that home for seven, ten plus years? Do you have that 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 time horizon where you're looking to stay in that home for that period of time?
0: Yes, yeah, that's so, correct.
1: Yes. Okay. So if that's the case, then. You need to focus more on the utility as opposed to the financial benefit of owning that home. Uh, you need to first make sure that you can afford it, right? You're going to lock yourself into a 30-year mortgage. You're going, or maybe a 15-year mortgage, depending. And you just got to make sure you can afford that payment. You're confident in your, your your job and your income level so that you can afford that over that 7-10 plus time period, 10-year 10, 10 time period. And you need to look at it not as an investment because that's not really what your personal resonance is. It's the utility of it. You want to make sure that you're not pigeonholing yourself into an area or a home that you might regret buying over the next few years and then force yourself into a sale that's you know, bad timing-wise. Right, so you want to make it make sure it fits your needs, your lifestyle requirements, etc. Uh, and, and if that's if all those things match up, then I have no problem buying because you don't know how long can the Fed print money. The Fed might print money till the cows come home, and you know, inflate asset prices to the moon. Now, obviously, typically inflation, like I said on Thursday, is what creates political problems, etc. So there's There'll be some ramifications at some point, but it's hard to time the market exactly. And in your personal residence, that's not really the primary goal. The primary goal is to be in a place that you like and love and uh, you love your, your life and your, your lifestyle with it and you can afford it. And if it goes up over time, great. Right? Does that make sense, Tim?
2: Yep, it does. It's just too expensive to like, overlook and um Uh, to overlook
3: how... I I understand. I I get your point. But it's it's just... Yeah. I mean, I
1: know there's sticker shock. It's really a sticker shock, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... But that's that's just the nature of things. And when the Fed starts printing money at the level that it it is, you know, inflation might accelerate. Um, And I think... That will feed into the housing market and actually increase housing prices up into the point where it breaks the bond market, right? Where the bond market revolts and says, no, we're not going to allow you to print this much. We're, because of inflation, we're going to require higher yields. Uh, and I don't can't tell you when that is, but if that happens, then that will break the housing market. Or in your instance... If you see some sort of kind of tech rec 2.0 a la 2000-2003, that will certainly deflate prices in that area as well. So certainly a lot of factors, a lot to think about, but you need to distill it down to those three factors. Can you hold it for 7 to 10 plus years? Can you afford it? And does it fit your lifestyle needs? Thanks for the call. Let's grab another caller question from from 88899chart.
2: My name's Justin, and uh, I listen to the show every day, so thanks so much. I appreciate you guys on the way to from work. And I just had a question about Tesla, T-S-L-A. I'm curious to hear your opinion on maybe when or if you think there's going to be a pullback or, or how to look for a pullback. Of course, you saw earnings and uh, in quarter three, and they were up to be it earnings by quite a bit, so there, there has been a pretty big bull run since then. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that and if you think it's overvalued and when there might be a pullback. Anyway, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you Look forward to listening to the answer on this show. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: All right, great question. Uh, I know it's overvalued, that's for sure. Uh, but I think this run has far less to do with the earnings and more to do with the China factory and the new relationship that they seem to have uh, with China. Uh, they just announced a loan from them, Uh, And I think that's really what it is. They're getting an influx of capital from China. And that's going to sustain them a little longer, just like their $2 billion loan or uh, borrowing earlier this year on the back of promises of a million robo-taxis in 2020, which obviously won't happen. Uh, But it's an influx of capital from from China. It doesn't change the fundamentals of the business, the fact that they... Just can't ramp ramp production to a profitable uh, manner. Uh, their their sales in America are actually now down year over year, so they're relying on foreign markets. So uh, I still think long term it's a it's a terrible investment story. Uh, but you know. Short term, they can get some nice capital, and that's what's happening now. This is Stock. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here is to help you achieve your version of financial freedom. And we're going to the last segment, so if you're going to call, you want to do it now at 888-99-CHART.
3: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi, Steve or Justin, quick question for you. I recently purchased a bond, EQT, Earth, Quebec, Thomas, Midstream Partners, 4.75% July 15, 2023 maturity. I'm planning on holding this bond until maturity and just uh, getting that yield of 4.75%. I know the yield to maturity is 497 but that's assuming that interest rates don't change and that I'm reinvesting the coupons and holding it to maturity, all that other stuff. I'm really just interested in the coupon. And I'm curious what risk factors I, I should be thinking about. Not the highest rated bond, but it's still investment grade. So, aside from the company just not being able to pay that coupon, what else I should be thinking about, and maybe what the odds are that that coupon isn't paid? I appreciate your thoughts and answer on the show. Thank you.
1: I was looking at EQT, but he bought the bond, not the equity. But I'll, I'll look at the equity information to glean what's happening with the company and revenue. Shrunk nine percent year over year last quarter. Uh, shrunk also three quarters ago. Earnings were negative six cents a share for the first time in since 2016. Uh, that was last quarter, and it's declined pretty dramatically from its all-time high. In let's see what it was 2014 around sixty-one dollars a share. Now we're at ten, so down about eighty to ninety percent. But it's rallied from its low of $8.34. So up nice 20% since that low. So that's a positive that the equity is not, you know, hitting that $2, $3 mark. Oftentimes when you see these companies that used to trade for a lot and now they have substantial debt on their balance sheet and they're trading for just a few dollars a share, that means they're probably bankruptcy candidates. So it looks like it may be rallying out of that potential bankruptcy candidate picture. Now, four and a half percent is not fantastic yield, but it's only a four-year maturity rate or uh, length, and so it just needs to stay in business for the next four years. Now, it's is a company that is engaged in the exploration, production, distribution of natural gas and oil to wholesale retail customers, probably heavily weighted towards the natural gas side, and that's why they're having difficulty. I think there's a pretty good chance that they'll last four years, but oil prices are going to have to stay where they're at now or be higher. Now if you look at what's happening in the shale space, banks are pulling back on lending uh, pretty dramatically. A lot of it has to do with promises that were not actually delivered by a lot of these names. So. I think oil prices are probably gonna be steady or move higher because of future lower supply uh, because of less lending in the space. Let's go to Winston, New Jersey, looking at TSM, which is Taiwan Semiconductor.
2: Hey, how are you doing, Justin?
1: Doing well, you uh, looking Hello? to buy it or sell it, give it away?
2: Oh, I'm looking, I'm wondering if this is a good time to sell. I have like 25 shares in it, and I saw that it reaches all-time highs. Uh, Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if this was time to sell or if I should still hold on to it. It still looks like it's expecting to make some money next year.
1: Well, there, yeah, it's, it's a company that's definitely overvalued, but it's it's growing and it's in a good space. $300 billion market cap, so it's pretty giant. It's not going to grow too dramatically. Technically, it still looks strong. It's in an uptrend. And I'm not seeing anything too negative about it. I would use the 50-day moving average as the trailing stop, which right now, that's right around the one, or sorry, the 53, 54 mark, and it's obviously going to rise as it stays above that. So look for the 50-day moving average as that level to kind of get out. Uh, but I would ride it for now. still so collect that dividend uh, because the momentum is strong. So I would stick with it, but have that out. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Wins. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the call. Well, I think that does it for today. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you all for being here today and I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas. Right, we're gonna have two best of shows over the next couple of days. So I hope you enjoy your time with your family and the holidays and everyone stay safe and remember you can access our free invest talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play or Spotify so please sure to listen, rate and review enjoy your holidays good night